Washington, and this is Havilah's Podcast. I'm excited that you're tuning in today. You know, this podcast was created by Truth to Table so I can have a place to share my heart, biblical truth, simple lifestyle leadership, as well as just connect with my table community, my table tribe. So I hope that you'll spend a few minutes with me as we jump in to whatever God has put on my heart this week. And don't forget that you're never too far gone from where God wants to take you. You are loved, you are seen, and he wants to desperately know everything about you. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's jump into this. Rebecca Lyons is, well, became a fast friend. I almost want to say three years ago, could have been four years ago, but we met each other at a little private gathering for Joyce Meyer, and we both kind of snuck in and they sat us next to each other. And I did not know that we would be friends for a really long time and, um, and really found a kindred part to our story immediately and have continued. And Rebecca is, um, she's a wife and she's a mom. She has three beautiful kids, two boys and a girl. She lives in Nashville. Um, and she also is a, a prolific author. In fact, she wrote a book called Free Fall to Fly, which was one of my personal favorites. And um, to be honest, I think I've given that book out more than almost any other book I've ever owned. And then she just came out with a new book called You Are Free, um, which we'll talk more about in a little bit. Um, her husband and her also run an organization called Q Comments, which really is centered around conversations and um, having discussions and, and events help people have good conversations about culture and God and the connection between all those hard topics. So, and, she, and you also did Q Women, which is a whole nother aspect of that, leading women. So she's very busy, as you can see. Um, but Rebecca, I want to thank you for, for coming on this Empowerment Summit for just a, a few minutes. Oh, thank you. I'll do anything, I'll do anything you ask me to, Havala. <laughs> You're so adorable. I feel like I want to be in Nashville with you right now with like a cup of tea or something and just right? like talk, I know. Talk like, it's like Cozyville. I have to, yes. I feel like I have to say in full disclaimer <laughs> for this video, I was like, is this going to be video or audio? So you guys are getting, you you guys are getting it in real time. That's right. I'm like, it's okay if I wear a beanie? Right. That's what's happening. <laughs> Hey, anytime, honestly, anytime. We're, we're California, we're casual. But I, I, I will it. say this, um, you are, um, well, let me ask you this. We'll just have some fun first. So if you could okay. live anywhere in the world and you could take everything you love with you, where would you live? For sure, Europe. But now I'm going to have to narrow that down because that's really broad. <laughs> um, Gabe and I have been going to Europe as often as we can for the last decade. And so we've tried to just every time go somewhere new. Uh, this summer, we celebrated our 20th, and we were in Switzerland, in Lauterbrunnen, in like this yes. valley. Yes. Um, so we hiked up, and then we kind of drove to Cinque Terre. Like, so we just did mountains, mountains of Italy, mountains of Switzerland. Um, but Paris, I have to say, is, yes, my first <laughs> It's funny. I was talking to, I talked to Andy today, Andy, Andrew, and Lisa yeah. here, and they were saying that um, they both love Italy, and I said, no one's a Paris fan. I go, I'm a Paris oh, yeah. girl, so I think we'll have to go to Paris one day together, but. For they, sure. Yeah, Italy. Sure. I, I have a friend that lives over there right now, and I'm like, you know, I'll just come speak for anything. In like, Italy. I'll stay that's and right. I'll, just start, I'll just start preaching Jesus for anyone who wants to hear. <laughs> That's me. And a sub like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> That's me. I told Ben, I said, all I want to do is have enough income so I can actually retire in some kind of like 
old old ruined place somewhere in in Europe and just hide me there with like you know some something some books and just be but yeah. uh, I like nerding out I just nerd out on the culture and the history yes it's I'm just fascinated by it when I was growing up my mom and dad were both teachers and they made us go to museums for vacation and at the time I hated it because I wanted I lived in Florida and I'm like Disney World's just down the street but now as an old person, I like love and appreciate the history and the context for things, which I think, you know, teaching the word or whatever context is everything. So anyways, I like to nerd out when I'm in, you know, old places. <laughs> yeah, I, and it is funny. I remember being drugged on to family. My dad, my parents would always pick a museum. It was like, no, I don't want to do yeah. that. And now I'm yeah. like, is there anything historic we could go walk through? Like, I know. It's like time for a snack. And I'm like, I'm still over here, guys. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Our old, we're getting old. It's it's part of age and the good, right? The riches yeah. of our life. But yeah, where you where you wear the headset oh, and everything. Absolutely. You download absolutely. Rick, Rick Steves on your app. Well, and the entire thing. I, I wear. I bring like three pairs of tennis shoes because I know I'll be walking. Like it's not about yeah. fashion. It's about like how can yeah. I walk fast and then I yeah. want to eat as I walk. So yeah. you get to eat whatever you want over there. So it, why would you not walk? It yeah. doesn't count. It doesn't count. That's why I. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, it's really awesome is that you are, I, I feel like it, when I watch you, Rebecca, it's like you kind of go into this place of hiding and then you'll emerge with a message. Like that's very similar to who you are. And from what I've seen, it's like, if I don't hear from you or see you, it's cause you're working on something and then you kind of come out and you're, and you are revealing something. So I'm curious if that's kind of how your first book was written and how your next book free, uh, you are free. Like, did you kind of go into a writing hole and then come back out and emerge with it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is Stephanie's, um, Gretzinger's song out of hiding came out when I was in the middle of writing you are free. And I remember flying to, where was I? I think I was going to Rwanda. Um, or maybe it was an Israel trip, but anyways, I probably listened to that song at least a hundred times on that very long flight. And I'm like, that's exactly where I felt like where she says, come out of hiding. You're safe here with me. There's this, there was this, um, kind of this secret place thing happening where there was, I felt like a direct deposit from God that was going to need time to be fleshed out. Um, cause you can ex encounter him, but you don't really know the fullness of why, um, you, you might hear words, you might have phrases, you might have kind of prophetic something, um, but you don't really know how that's going to translate in, you know, once you start to when, engage other people with it. Um, and sometimes I think God's like, this isn't for anyone but you. And then I'll let you know what of this can be distilled, you know, for yeah. someone else. Yeah. So um, I'm, I feel like I'm on the remedial plan. Like some people write really fast and they can churn out manuscripts. And I'm like, man, you're, you're like rock star. But me, I'm like every four years, I have a book. No. Um, funny thing is, is I never planned to write. Um, but my first book was really just me getting down a story that I had just lived for two years. And enough people kept saying, you, you know that you need to write this down. And I'm like, I mean, I don't do that. I journal and <laughs> and I have three kids and we live in Manhattan and I'm just trying to survive. So the writing was really came from a lot of prompting from outside people who finally were like, you just need to be true to the story. And I think with writing in general, we should never write until we have a message to, to share or a story to tell. Um, and we do, we do all have that message. Sometimes we aren't aware of it. <laughs> we're living it. Um, but when, when God makes it clear that, there's a point to it. 
um, there's kind of a, there's a narrative arc to what that journey has been, then you feel free to go, okay, I'm going to start to get this down. Yeah. It is really beautiful because you are very vulnerable in your writing. And, you know, we're, I, part of the reason I wrote Stronger Than the Struggle was to unpack the idea of our spiritual battle because, you know, we're born in a battle. Um, obviously, Christ died, won the battle. We get that freedom, which is what you really write about. But, you know, I'm curious, did you, what kind of battles did you face in your own life all while being a Christian, all while loving God? What kind of battles did you face? So Freefall is a story of my crash and burn uh, moving to New York City. The first two years, 2010 and 11, about four months in, I developed panic disorder. And I uh, was crippled from that day forward. I remember October on a flight from uh, Atlanta back to LaGuardia. It came over me. And then from that moment forward, I was, I was overcome by fear. Like, it was like a wave of fear, like literally came over me. Um, so, so strong physically that I had to almost fall on this flight, like ran down the galley, ran down the aisle while we're still in the air when everyone's like buckled in. <laughs> and then I fall in the galley. And I just, I kept going panic and I just kind of lay there, um, as the, everyone walked off the plane. And so from that moment on, it was like planes, trains, elevators, crowds, subways. Yeah. It was everywhere. And it was, it was really, um, it stemmed from claustrophobia phobia <laughs> yeah. um, that fear of being trapped um and so the idea was this restraint um and i realized in kind of through the through the writing of the story much much later that i in my life i've always been a runner fight or flight and but it more looked like running off 15 years 15 hours away to college or running you know um running into the next thing that would allow me to feel like I could perform or I could excel or achieve for love. Yeah. yeah. And so um, it just came to a head in New York. And I think that was the Lord's will. Obviously it was his way of getting my attention. And um, that lasted a year and a half. And um, there was a moment, you know, and a year and a half later, and I write about this in Freefall where he just rescued me in the middle of the night. And, um, the way I word it now, uh, again, have like, you know, this, but I was raised, um, in a fundamental independent Baptist church. And so there was not a lot of language around the manifestation or the power of the spirit of the living God in us. And what that looks like for him to come upon us, um, how he lives and moves and has our being and activates and mobilizes our words. Like I just, I had no concept. For that and so I remember that night of September 20th 2011 just the Spirit of God came upon me um, when I couldn't speak or breathe and I just said rescue me and I just cried out in my bed and I said rescue me deliver me I cannot do this without you and in that moment my body just broke and it was the weight now I know <laughs> that it was the weight of his glory that just like flattened me on the bed and all was still um, and it brought me out like in a moment it brought me out of that spirit of fear it like literally cast it outside wow. it you know when you think of like how perfect love casts out fear i physically have experienced the casting out of fear yeah and and how strong like your body responds and goes what just happened i can't even move right now um and i didn't have language for healing then i wouldn't have used those words 
because I know that everyone wants healing in this category or any category. And I know that God isn't an alienating God. So it was more, it just began this unpacking of, okay, Lord, um, if you say that you haven't given us fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, then what does that look like for us, the church? What does that look like for a culture where one in four, you know, are on medication for some sort of anxiety or depression or something else? Like, what does that look like for you to enter into that? So that's really kind of what launched the first book and just sharing that message of freedom. It was, uh oh, sorry, it's kind of scratchy, but it was so significant. I was going through postpartum depression for, I'd gone through three specific times. And the moment I got your book, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was like you put into, because what I love about your writing is it wasn't just like a how to, it was, it was, you know, you're a, you have a, you're a beautiful writer. Like you're, you, you obviously like to read because there's a, there's an aspect of what you talk about. That's very like, I felt like I was with you in the Hamptons. I felt like I was with you on the elevator. Like I felt like I was with you in that bedroom when you got free that night. And just your expression of it, I think was so significant. And also what I've loved about you, Rebecca, well, I've seen you speak live and you, you definitely communicate that in a live setting as well, but you are passionate about women being free. Like I've watched you, you're passionate about people being free. And, um, you know, you mentioned a little bit of your, you know, generationally having had things that you were like, is this a generational thing I need to get rid of? You know, is this, is this something I need to walk through and watching you just fight for clarity and freedom all the way through it. It's really beautiful. And I'm wondering how did, um, you are free, which I have the pre- um, one, which you sent me, I'm not going to show you the cover because I don't want to dishonor how beautiful this book is. <laughs> you have a book called um, You Are Free and it is at um, on Amazon or wherever you want to look for it. Honestly, it's sold everywhere. But you wrote this, which I thought was key. You said, I realized God never picked uh, the wrong girl for ministry. The enemy picked the wrong girl to mess with. He worked to disrupt me, to whisper lies to my ear. He tried to convince me I wasn't good enough or compelled, compelling enough. But every attempt to harm God turned to good. Every attack brought me from the, before the throne. Every trial built my faith. Each time Jesus came and whispered, each time he reminded me it was he who called me in the first place and I could rest there. And I thought about that. I love that first phrase. I realized God never picked the wrong girl for ministry. The enemy picked the wrong girl to mess with. Like right. those are some powerful words. And I'm wondering in your own life, like, when you, when you hear those words, do you think about in your own story where that connected with you and like where, where, why you wrote those words? Yes. I will never forget that. Uh, I think what happens in life is we see these just heroes of the faith, even in our modern day, right? We, we, we hear certain preacher girls or men or women that are just so inspiring and so impactful. And we're like, look at, look at the ministry, look at the look at the covering of the mantle, look at the, mm-hmm. uh, that God has given them. I mean, that could never be me. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I don't, I, look at me. I'm a, like a <laughs> clinical mess. I mean, I will remember rocking in the fetal position of my New York city apartment closet. Cause that's the only place you could shut the door. You yes. know, for- <laughs> and I just remember thinking, will I always struggle with depression? So there's this sense of going like, I'm not, so when God started to kind of nudge me to write or to share the story with someone, I was like, no, that's not me. I mean, you see me, you know, you know what all is happening behind the scenes and what a, what a mess I am. And I, 
And so I, in some ways, I think so many of us believe the lie that like our destiny actually wasn't already appointed and that, that this is as good as it gets. Mm -hmm. And what we don't know is that God saying that all this in your past is actually um, equipping you for the work that I've destined for you from the womb. And so it wasn't long into the writing that God just was like, the measure of trial you've endured, Rebecca, directly relates to the measure of hope that you're going to offer the world. So you better press on. And it's this idea that like you would not have empathy um, to minister. You would not um, have um, authority of my power if you don't experience it yourself. You, you will not actually be able to talk about it um, with credibility if you haven't like been pulled from a pit. <laughs> you can't talk about freedom if, if you haven't known bondage. And so, um, so I, I think in the middle of the struggle, we often go, God, you're not, this isn't right. There's so many stronger, more eloquent, you know, think of Moses, like so many more people that are good with words out there. So many more people that are so educated and have like, you know, they've been to seminary and not me yes. yet. Um, <laughs> and so I've done kitchen seminary. I write about that in this book. That just means I open <laughs> my island in my kitchen. It's very cheap and inexpensive. Um, but, but I think God's just saying, you know, look, you know, just watch what I can do. And, and so he gave me that message in the middle of your free, he said, initiate nothing and watch what I can do. And it was this sense, like you said earlier of this secret place, like, don't try to muster, um, strength, um, because my, my strength can't be made perfect unless you're weak. So just trust that I'll, that I'll enter in and I will, I will live through you and I will, I will make things um, come to light and, and equip you for every good work. And that's what he does. That's what he promises, right? Yes. He says, whatever I've called you to, I'll make sure that it's fulfilled and that it comes to fruition. And any God calling, uh, anything I call you to cannot happen apart from me or it wouldn't be from me. You know, yeah. everything I call you to is going to require me. <laughs> so. And what's so beautiful about, you know, it's been an interesting day. And I know that you, you would not mention this. I'm going to mention it because I'm your friend and I'm fangirling a little bit about this. But today, you know, you talk about not initiating anything, that the Holy Spirit will initiate and use you and give you a platform. And today, you know, your book was recognized. I guess it was this week, I should say. It was recognized on Good Morning America. And, and it's, did you say, I think it's number one on Amazon today. And I just, I just think about, was that right? I want to make sure I get that right. It's well, right now it's number one on Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble that's right. and Amazon. So I don't, it's just insane because what's crazy about it is, is just, I can, I know that the hand of God, when you said I was, I didn't want to initiate, I just wanted God to do what he wanted me to do. And you, in the middle of this book heard that, and now God initiates a promotion and a promote, a promoting of something without you working it or navigating or manipulating or trying to get everyone to say something about it. Just saying, God, I'm yours. It's here. This is an offering. And look what he does. He puts it before man and, and says, I'll, I'll promote, I'll do yeah. it. And I love that about you. I think Rebecca, you have such humility and it takes humility to write the words that you've written because you're very honest, but also takes humility to be willing to be in the process and not want it might be done. Like not even just to be like, I'm done. This is too much work Yeah, <laughs> to keep fighting these, these different things. So I, I'm really excited about it. Um, I, I think anyone who's like listening today, you know, what I love about your book is that you took different sections and you're like, 
free to be rescued, free to be called, free to confess. And you take these, like, I almost want to say, um, you know, blocks of our faith and are like, here's a foundation you can build your life on a freedom. It's like a house of freedom is really what it is. And there's, they're like bricks of freedom that people can, can yeah. stack and build yeah. a safe place in the midst of a world that's kind of crazy. Yeah. So um, I'm curious now that you've done these two books uh, in 2018, what are you, are there anything you're excited about or you're working on an exciting project or an event or maybe something that you're not working on that you're excited about? <laughs> no, yeah. Something <laughs> on a very slow snail's pace. Um, <laughs> I do know what I'm going to write on next, but again, mm -hmm. it takes years to flesh it out. And it tends to be something that makes me cry a lot. Um, and it yes. always, it's always because I think we like writing is so cathartic. It's a healing process. It's a, it's a journey of healing. And so when I find that there is a certain particular topic that I kind of, that like every time I talk about it, it starts to well up in me and there's, there's a tenderness there. Um, it shows that healing, more ne healing needs to come, um, which means I got to write about it. And, um, and so I know what that is. I'm not going to share it yet, but it's, it's something that I think is just center for all yeah. of us. It's just, and the reason I wrote about freedom, honestly, was because for so long, I never, I grew up in the church, but I didn't, I didn't understand the kind of freedom that says this, um, the perfect law that the cross and the resurrection set us free from the yoke of sin and death, the power of the yoke of sin and death over us. And so I think growing up, I mean, we all followed the rules and we did the right things and we wanted to please God. But a lot of my friends or family members left church, not because there wasn't well-intentioned hearts. It's just because they'd never came to know a God of power really? that could, that could literally deliver them. Yeah. From whatever it is. And I think in this day and age, you know, when you think about our culture and our world, if we try to think our way into healing or wholeness or rescue, it's just never going to happen. And the only thing that we've got is really as the church is to say, like, what is the spirit of the living God? What can he do right now in this situation? How can he actually get in the middle of it and, and interrupt it and, yeah. and up, upend it? And I mean, we just kind of, it's like the faith. It's just so important. So this, this next um, project, it will probably take a couple years. Um, it just will. It's just, it's just how it girl. Um, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful because like you said, I, I think, I mean, the Lord puts a message in us and then he sends us out. It's just how he does. It's how he works. And um, right now I'm like pretty much full for 18, um, just being sent out. And um and I think that's part of what the great joy, as you know, is to be able to, to be ministers of the gospel of peace and to go out mm -hmm. to where people are. And when Jesus is like, I don't come for the healthy, I come for the sick. It's this idea of going, okay, Lord, here am I, send me and show me where, show, show me where the sick are hungry and thirsty for you. I, I have such a heart. And we've talked about this, Havla, of just a revived church mm -hmm. um, on a corporate scale. Yeah. Um, that that literally happens in in individual hearts like one by one by one yeah um, until yeah. there like reaches a tipping point and a momentum that just like all of a sudden the lord is like it's time and there's this side of me that's just like just desperate for a thirsty church right in the same way that you know we've come to be revived in our own hearts through 
through desperation, through oh. this hunger and thirst that I believe the spirit even prompts us to have. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm just grateful for it. And I think ultimately whatever we do, um, for him has to start in that secret place. It has to start in the purity of our own lives being transformed, our own, um, minds being renewed, our own like sin and bondage being like ripped out by the root. So, yeah, it's just constant. (laughs) And I love it because you know, you're hitting on a whole aspect that some, I think, at least in my kind of, I always think of like, they're just different tables everyone's sitting at, but we all, you know, are eating, we want to eat the same food, which is the richness of God and the goodness of God and who he is and the, you know, the power of him. But, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. You, you really are dismantling this part of us that's saying I can get free other ways and being like, let's get back to the beginning, the pure free, like what did yeah. he give us? And, um, I just, I love that. And I think that in, in our spiritual battle, um, we can't, we can't like expect, like pray for freedom here, but go get it somewhere else. Like we have to actually come to the place where we're like, I believe in what you said and I believe who you are and I'm willing to sit here and wait. And, and, um, I think something about not being in a very charismatic community actually allows that really authentic expression of like, I'm not making this up because I wasn't raised around it and I'm not mimicking, I should say something that I saw I had a real encounter with Jesus. He really, the Holy Spirit, he really spoke to me and he really freed me. And I think it's very beautiful. I watched you speak this in a group of a a couple thousand women that were more of the um, probably higher, higher academic, high income earning women. And you were talking about getting free. And I just thought this is a whole world of women that need this as well. Like there's just this kind of, we assume if people have enough or have more than enough, then they're fine. And it's not true. And I just loved how you unpacked that. So I, I'm so honored. I, I must say this before we go. Um, you were you were so generous with me. You wrote the forward of my new book, Stronger Than the Struggle. I'm I remember waiting and you and I, I know you 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 don't want to like bug anybody because honestly, my publisher's like, when's your next thing? And I'm like, we're all kind of like waiting because you 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 want to write out of inspiration. You waited and right. you finally sent it in in a way that you were like, I want to be inspired. And I read it and I just cried through your word at the end. It was like, Oh, so I just want to thank you for that. The the generous contribution of like giving that to me. It's going to always be something I treasured. Maybe my only book I published. (laughs) You might be the only person that's written the forward to any book I've ever published, but I just want you to know I'm really honored. So thank you. Well, I counted it. I was honored that you asked (laughs) and you know, I'm all in when I say yes. So Problem is, I'm a little delayed. So I was like, I hope she, when's the latest I can get? It's like one of those. I'm one of those. So I will never forget the Lord gave me the words on an airplane, which happens a lot. And then I put it in the notes app of my phone. And then I think I was like showering to get ready for an event. And I'm like in the restroom, like typing it out. I was like, is it too late? Can you still take this? Like, so. (laughs) If you guys, I sometimes feel like if people really knew like the backside of what it takes to hustle as a mom and like one who works and you know, you're just like, you're like, where, where are we right now? Oh, I'm sitting on the toilet. Yeah. That's what's happening. And I'm typing some stuff out on my phone. Okay. That's awesome. We're just breastfeeding, throwing that kid in there and just being like, I got 10 minutes and then I got to go up and speak. I know. I know. 
You're just in it. You have to just be like, I'm in it for this minute because the next yeah. minute I don't know what it's going to be like. Like I'm I know in- people, people are like, I'll send you an email. We can work it out. We can talk it out. We can schedule a meeting. I'm like, no, no, no. Just like text me what you want it to look like. Because <laughs> if you send me an email, it will, it will take a month. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if I get to it. If I get to exactly. it. Exactly. So, yeah. And I always say, someone goes, hey, I inboxed you. I'm like, in what inbox are we talking about? Like. My inbox yeah. is like at my house with my kids at my table. Like that's the inbox right. I've got right now in my life. So now I'm with you. I love you. And I can't wait. Obviously, um, you've left us with good stuff. So even if we have to wait for the next book, you have two really rich books that we can get a hold of. And where can people find you um, online? Just my name, I guess. <laughs> RebeccaLyons.com or at Rebecca Lyons. And it is the Hebrew spelling. Oh, so I got to go through life, you know, correcting everybody <laughs> on the spelling of my yes, name, but, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's and, where I'm at. On your Instagram too. So I've seen you on there every once in a while. You're not on there very much, right? Are you still on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, all of a sudden I got nervous. Like you have like deleted my account or something. I'm like, no, I've, I've yeah, seen like, no. on there and so much, you know, some people are on there multiple times a day. And, you know, yeah. So it depends. Like, like you know, home. like I kind of comes, I come in waves yes, right now. I just, yeah, I do. I try to update it enough, but then there are moments where, um, I just go, you know what? I'm going to just get quiet for a bit. You know how it is. Yeah. It's really weird. Social media specifically. Cause I'm, I am a social introvert and I'm one of those where I start to feel like my privacy is leaving me. And then I go like, it's like, I don't want to share anything else with anybody else for a little yeah. bit. And then you'll see yeah. more posts of like events or things that I have to get out there information. Yeah. And then every yeah. once in a while I kind of emerge. It's like coming to the you know party again, where I come back out and I'm like, how you doing? I'm here, but people don't understand it. It is very difficult sometimes when it is that people say people hide on social media, but I'm like, when you actually are introvert, it sometimes takes something to get it out there. And so, um, yeah, I, I, depending on how social I am, you'll see me on there. That's kind of how. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting topic too, because navigating that and stewarding that alongside oh. everything else is, is something I've had to kind of take more seriously, I guess this year, just to think about like, you know, what's, what's information that I should just throw out there spontaneous because, you know, as you know, I'm a chronic oversharer. <laughs> and so, and that's my writing. That's when I speak on stage there, there'll be sometimes I'm like, Oh, that just came out. Yep. It did. <laughs> um, and so sometimes with stories on Instagram or whatever, I'll be like, and blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, can we X that one out? <laughs> and, but yeah, that's kind of like my husband and I joke about it. Cause you know, I'm just, I'm like, I am who I, you know, what yes. you get. Yes. That's why I love connecting with readers. But at the same point, um, there are things that need to be reserved for, you know, the people who are walking life with you. So wow. it is, it's a very, maybe, maybe you could write something a little bit more about that, or at least we could have another conversation. I'd love, I I'd love to I think so. about that because there's conversations that need to be had about these, this stuff. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So I'd like a rain check on a podcast on this topic. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Well, I hope that really blessed your life. I hope that everything God was trying to get to you, you grabbed a hold of. Again, don't forget to give me a shout out on the socials. I'm there almost every day. And if this podcast really spoke to you, would you consider leaving a review so others can find this podcast? as well as some stars. I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you next time.